And welcome to another edition of Across the County. Thanks for joining me. I'm Noah. Well, back at the beginning of the year, I had on a guest that I thought had so much to offer in the ways of telling his story and his wife's story as well. And so I wanted to have him back on. I'm actually going to have him back on for a two-part series because there's so much there there. And we're going to focus on today an aspect that we didn't touch on last time. And I'm talking, of course, about Carlin Maddox, and he's author of A Path Reveal. How Hope, Love, and Joy Found Us Deep and Amaze Called Alzheimer's. You can check him out at carlinmaddox.com. Carlin, thanks for coming back on the show. There's so much to get to, and the angle we're taking today, I'm tremendously interested in. So how are you? No, I am doing fine. And yes, there are just a lot of angles when you start talking about Alzheimer's and a lot of depth and whatever else. So you you can't cover it in 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever else. But well, yes. Yeah, that's exactly why I Yeah, that's exactly why I've decided to have you back on a couple of times. So first off, people can pick up your book A Path Revealed. I highly recommend doing that. They can go to carlinmaddox.com, of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, places like that. Let's start here. One of our worst um, moments is when someone can realize that you're not in control. And, I, you know, I've had that in various aspects of my life. And I know Martha had a full-on body seizure. How did you handle that? That must have been something, especially the first time, that was uh, pretty extraordinary and scary at the same time. No, just a little background before we get to that, if we can, uh, just to remind, uh, you may have some new um, listeners that don't know our background. Uh, Martha was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at age 50, early onset Alzheimer's. I was 52, and our three children were still in high school and college. So this was at a very young age, and this uh, odyssey, I call it, uh, went on for 17 years. Uh, this seizure occurred about um, five years after her diagnosis. I was um, downstairs. Uh, this this was something that, that had never happened before with us. And I was I was downstairs uh, get, preparing breakfast, and I heard this thud upstairs. And I ran up and just found Martha curled up on the floor in a fetal position, just her whole body shaking. And I, I, I was scared to death. I didn't know what to do. So I, I, I cradled her in my arms until it stopped. It seemed like it went on forever, but I think it probably lasted about a minute. And then uh, we called the uh, ER to come and get Martha, uh, the, uh, the, the ambulance service, and uh, took her to ER. And uh, so we had had her over there, and they decided to keep Martha in the hospital for two or three days. And that, that was just a not a fun experience. And the nurses in the hospital had not been trained to deal with somebody with Alzheimer's and uh, the different symptoms that go along with that. They were trained to deal with somebody who had a seizure, maybe, but not somebody who had also had Alzheimer's. Um, so, uh, we had that experience and then, uh, probably a year later, she had another experience with, uh, with a seizure and, um, I approached that one a bit differently early on in, early on in our odyssey, 
someone had uh, given me a hint to to check out meditation and what that might do for us and whatever else. And Mark and I did, and we began to begin to meditate, um, just repeating a word that we had been given. Uh, I, I would repeat it softly. Uh, side by side with her, and that just helped uh, reduce our anxiety greatly. With this seizure, instead of rushing her to the hospital and that whole experience again, I just uh, held Martha in my arms, and uh, then I picked her up and put her in bed, and just we would I would just meditate for a bit with her, holding her hand. And she fell asleep, and she was just uh, asleep most most of the uh, most of the day. When she was uh, on the first seizure, when she was in the hospital, the way they dealt with Martha's symptoms were they doped her up, and so she was just totally out of it. Well, the next morning after on the second seizure, after the um, the next morning after that second seizure. Martha woke up and was uh, pretty clear and pretty uh, uh, with it and was would eat breakfast, came on downstairs, got dressed, and whatever else. And that was just a stark difference between the two approaches. Um, I just didn't know the first round. I just didn't know any better about what to do. It was just so frightening uh, to, to see this. So th- that was what our uh, that was our experience there that uh, just helped. Uh, just help me get through it uh, in, in terms of using that meditative approach with her and being gentle with her and the like. Does Bef- that sort of get what you're looking at there? Yes, totally. And before we get on to the, the next portion of our interview, which we're really just going to dive deep into some of Martha's paintings, which was another way that she was able to help cope and get through this devastating disease. What was that one word that you guys would softly whisper back and forth, if you don't mind me asking? Well, we learned this from a a Benedictine monk by the name of Father John Maine. Uh, He is not with us any longer, but his protege is named Father Lawrence Freeman. And there is a um, a website for the for the group. It's called the World. uh, The um, it's WCCM dot org uh, and it's for uh, Christian communicators and, and the word that John Maine was uh, suggesting was uh, Maranatha and just repeat that over and over now Maranatha is Aramaic for the uh, phrase come Lord and it's probably the last, um, one of the last words in the book of Revelation. And uh, so it's not to focus on the meaning of this so much, but to focus on the sound of it. Ma, ra, na, da. And then if as thoughts would come to your mind, just repeat the word and, um, and just, uh, it, it just, the whole practice was very beneficial 
over the course of the 17 years that, um, and I, I'm still practicing meditation today. Uh, and Martha has been gone for 14, I mean, since two, uh, 2014 now. And I, I continued the practice and it was just, it was just, that's, that's where we learned that from. Yes. It's absolutely invaluable. Meditation can do so much good. Carlin Maddox, my guest, and you can check him out at carlinmaddox.com. He's author of A Path Revealed, How Hope, Love, and Joy Found Us Deep in a Maze Called Alzheimer's. I highly suggest you pick up that book as well. Carlin, now what I want to dive into for the remainder of our time together is Martha's Painting. And I know after joining an art class, uh, after her diagnosis, she had never painted before, but this was really therapeutic on her journey. Tell us about the benefits that you guys sought together with this. And then once you've given that answer, we're going to go through some of Martha's paintings and kind of paint the picture for what she was going through with some of her artwork. Yeah, this was uh, this, this came out of the blue, if you will. This was about 18 months after Martha's diagnosis. And our sister-in-law, KK, uh, approached Martha to uh, join her in, in a watercolor painting class. And I was just thinking to myself, well, I'm not sure that's going to happen because Martha has always been so confident, so uh, energetic, such an outdoors girl. I just didn't see her sitting still long enough and being that kind of a quiet uh, hobby, if you will, uh, to to do it. But just because it was primarily because of her love of KK that she did it. But once she got into it, it was incredible. The um, when when we got the diagnosis, Martha's confidence. I could just, I could see it just dissolve at her feet. She had been very confident. She had been in politics. She had been in civic affairs. Uh, we just with the three kids was engaged with our three kids. Uh, but with that news, her confidence disappeared. Uh, but this was the first time that her, I began to see her confidence come back. Uh, was with uh, as as she began to paint. And uh, what would happen, uh, her teacher, Judy, would hand Martha a, uh, a sketch, if you will. Uh, but and, and then Martha had to put in the coloration. And some of the colors are just vivid and bold and just, I don't know, I just didn't know where it came from. And, and um, it was, and, but she really got into it. Um, KK put on a, a show uh, of her art and Martha's art over her house with family and friends. And Martha got all excited about that. And some people bought some of the paintings and, and then uh, uh, her teacher uh, displayed her art out uh, on the St. Petersburg beach, uh, put a price tag on, on a couple of pieces of $200. And Martha was all into that. Didn't sell one, but that didn't make any difference. And, I mean, it was just, it was just, uh, it was just great to see her engaged in, in, in that kind of way after just being just so down and so blue and just so uh, 
lost, if you will. Yeah, you sent me a few of these pieces of art, and I love them. They're very, again, some of the colors used are very vivid. I'm looking at Feeding the Ducks right now. Tell us a little bit about that one. But uh, the blues used in this one are absolutely incredible. A very, very deep royal blue that's just beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, she... um, uh, I don't have that uh, that picture right in front of me right now, uh, Noah. But it's just um, she would just dabble with the different colors, and somehow would come up with, with it. Um, this this was I forget who the artist was. This was taken from uh, this was taken from uh, a, a master artist, if you will, just the feeding the the ducks. And um, and but that that was just a, a, a very nice piece that she did. Uh, another one that um, Judy did not give her the sketch on was uh, I titled uh, "Swimming in the Deep Green Sea," and there was a turtle and fish and frogs and whatever else in there. And her sea was not blue colored, but it was green colored and the. And I, I, I forget the colors that she had of the, uh, of the different um, uh, fish and, 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 and the like. But, yeah, it, it, um, uh, it was just amazing how, wherever this was coming from. Yeah, I'm looking at it. There's lots of there's lots of really just vivid greens and reds. I'm looking at the one you're talking about. You had sent me that one as well. And it's be oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, can I read to you a portion? Uh, the the one that is my favorite is what I've called her self portrait. Yeah, and please do. I I, I, um, I I don't know what Martha was thinking, whether she thought that was a self portrait or not. But I'd like to read this to you out of my book. There's a lot going on in this picture, and I think it really says a lot about possibly what she was going through and what you guys were both going through at the time. Well, it's, I mean, it, as you know, it's very hard to describe uh, some, uh, a picture on the radio or in print, but this is what I wrote in, in the book. It said, Martha painted dozens of pictures, large and small, including pictures of turtle and fish swimming in an orange and green sea, a multicolored zebra, and a blue-faced hippo walking along an orange and yellow rainbow. Judy, her teacher, would hand Martha a sketch to paint. And Martha's imagination would tap into a complexity and boldness of color that she had never shown before. I look at one of her paintings as I sit in our living room. It's about two feet wide, three feet high. It hangs above the fireplace. I think it's a self-portrait, but I'm not sure what Martha's intent was. I've seen it thousands of times since we hung it more than a decade ago. I'm drawn first to the dark, violet eyes with rouge-colored eyelids. They're sad, set in a strong, handsome face. From them, streams of brown tears trace paths over her yellow cheeks. Her upper jaw is a swipe of pink. Her lower jaw and chin are shaded light green as they fold under to a neck swathed in brown. Her thick hair is multicolored, which would fit right in with today's edgier styles, streaks of green, brown, blue, red, pink, and yellow, tumble down around her shoulders. Although the undercurrent of this painting is undeniable pathos, 
The bold colors with their odd, potent mixtures explode with joy. The teacher, Judy, pulled me aside one thing and said, Carlin, this can't be taught. As she was talking about Martha's use of color, I, I just don't know where it's coming from. As I looked at her art, I wondered, what's going on in your mind, Martha? Why can't you be confident like this all the time? During her spells of confidence, Martha talked clearly, remembered names and events, and realized who was present with her. And I wondered, isn't there a way to bottle this? And that was just a whole sense that I have coming out of not just this painting, but uh, a, a lot of her painting. And this, uh, the, this painting period, uh, Noah, went on for about two years, two to three years. And then it just stopped. And um, Martha lost um, more and more faculties. And, um, and it was just, um, uh, we just had to move on. But I've got her paintings and her kids have her paintings hung around their homes. Uh, probably two dozen, two dozen of them at this point. It's great that wonderful you have memories. Yeah, wonderful memories. It's great that you have these, as I was about to say, for you to look back on to remember that portion that she was going through, and uh, you know, just that constant reminder of you know what she was capable of. And it's it's uh, it's tremendous that she was able to have this small period of time to do this. Yeah, it's, it truly was. I mean, uh, uh, as you know, Alzheimer's is a tragic and foreboding kind of disease. And this was, uh, in the title of my book, uh, the subtitle is How Hope, Love, and Joy Found Us Deep in a Maze Called Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. this, was, this was one of the first joys that we experienced, this painting. And it, it was just, uh, you just got to enjoy it and live and go with it and go with the flow. And um, and I, I know that others find uh, this kind of thing. Well, Martha did too. Martha loved to sing and she loved to dance. But these other kinds of expressions of music and dance and art are just very critical. If, if, uh, if a person can tap into those, if a caregiver can help uh, their loved one tap into such things as these, just very critical along the path that you're walk walking to just uh, have these kinds of moments because the moments uh, that are that are, are sort of down are just they're, they're they're hard to they're hard to take. Yeah, and that's why whenever these positive moments come up, you have to just cherish them and make the most of what they are. We're going to get a lot more into this maze the next time we have you on here and go into more depth. Uh, but as you have said in your own words, there's no blueprint, there's no map, there is no instruction manual. This is literally, you just have to take it as, it's, as it comes. And I imagine it's probably a little bit different for everybody, Carlin. It's a lot different for everybody, and, 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 and indeed, uh, I was just talking uh, to a new friend today. Had lunch, and his wife. Uh, and they're about a little older than Martha and I were when we were diagnosed. He's they're now in their mid fifties, and his wife was just diagnosed um, uh, uh, last last fall. And uh, just uh, just their experience is there's there's common ground, but 
there's different different experiences. But what, one of the common grounds, as we were talking, um, uh, Julie said he he said that she's just very scared. And I said, "What about you?" And he said, "I'm scared too." And um, that is where the the experience of meditation that I was talking about truly helped us. Uh, really diminished our uh, anxiety over a period of time, not not immediately, but over a period of time, just helped uh, reduce the anxiety levels that we were experiencing. Uh, so, yeah, everybody's got to find what works for them uh, rather than just give it up. And because and, you can you can get burned out pretty quick with with something like this, and um, as a caregiver, and um, it's just important to find friends and family and and uh, uh, um, just uh, art, art or any other kind of uh, activity like this that would just help both of you keep involved. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think is you have to have a lot of strength. And if you don't have it initially, you're going to, I think, with prayer and with family, you're you're going to find it because it's a battle that you have to keep at each and every day. And I think you've very beautifully illustrated some of these strength and trials that you have gone through uh, individually and as a couple. We're going to get a few more of those the next time we have you on. But Carlin, mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much for sharing these stories because I think it's important with such a devastating disease that there is no cure for, that people have a little bit extra perspective and also a sense of hope that they're not alone, that there are so many that go through this. Right. It's it's important to get into a support group that you find meaningful. It's important to uh, be able to talk with friends. It's important to let friends take over some of the responsibility at times, take your, sp- your spouse to lunch, to dinner, while you take a break. Uh, I think I told you last time the greatest gift I had was when our three children, our two children, two older children, uh, um, uh, our two older children just came in and told me, Daddy, we'd like to give you a weekend a month off. I couldn't believe it. And it was just, that was extremely helpful for me. Well, we're going to dive a little deeper again next time here. Carlin Maddox, you can check out the book, which I highly suggest you do. A Path Revealed, How Hope, Love, and Joy Found Us Deep and Amazed, called Alzheimer's. And you pick it up, carlinmaddox.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any place you find finer books. Carlin, thanks for joining us, my friend. And we'll see you here on the show in just a couple of weeks' time. Okay, Noah. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up. And again, go to carlinmaddox.com.